guys. Gary and Lisa Black coming at you from the 719 Lending Studio in downtown Colorado Springs. Best place on earth. Born and raised. Been working down here since I was 16, off and on. Love this place. You always brag about the fact that you're a native. Come on. Colorado native. There's not many of us left. I got here as fast as I could. <laughs> hey, guys. If you're watching us on video, it's because you follow us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. Or you follow us on the Journeyman community page, which we have. Uh, uh, we'll put the URL down there. Make sure you're joining us. We, lo- we want to get exclusive content out to you guys first. We'll post them later, uh, potentially, depending on conversations and what's happening with them um, on our public podcast on Anchor. goes out to Spotify and Apple and everything else. But, uh, hey, glad you're here. If you're listening, you're missing out because the beautiful Lisa Black is once again with us. You're the only one that thinks that, but thank you, baby. Okay, I'm a little apprehensive today, babe, to start this. Well, the last time we tried to do this podcast, it didn't go so well. We got into a a huge fight. We got a huge fight. It was all your fault. Mm. As always. We moved fast. I mean, let's just be honest. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) No question. Uh, That's That's why we can't do a lot of stuff live, because sometimes I'm sending you signals with my eyes. Oh, okay. Too much. And I miss the signals? Is that what you're trying to say? Stop talking about that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not ready to talk about that thing. I love it. (laughs) Well, uh, this is really important, and I think that's why we had to fight, because the enemy hates this stuff. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, This is purpose of a marriage. Uh, We want to start diving into marriage, because we're going to be doing some marriage conferences We're hoping to do one in the fall, uh, this fall, late fall in Colorado Springs. And then next April, 12th through the 15th, we'll do a clip at the end here. We're going to be joining two uh, of our old world race coaches who we love deeply, Jennifer and AJ. AJ's a stud. Very cool. So is Jen. Yeah, they're they're two studs that have joined studliness and now they're taking over the world. Studded and studliness. I like it. Uh, But this is purpose of a marriage, difference between covenant and contract. Yeah. So important now. There's a couple different things that are happening on the earth on this subject that I find fascinating. Okay, and tell so, us about that. Well, we can, I mean, we're going to make a really strong argument for covenant, but uh, it's hard to have that sales pitch with this generation because we've got a generation that's trying to avoid pain. Yeah. And part of their idea of like how I can avoid pain is like, well, my parents' marriage is a disaster or I don't know anyone happily married, so I'm just not going to get married. Or I see people with children and their lives are complete chaos, so I'm just not going to have children. And it's hard to sell a product that's going to cost you your life. Mm. It's hard to sell a product that says like this is till death and you cannot plan where the pain's going to come from. Because you can do, if you've read my book, I mean, part of the point I'm making in my book is I really did everything right till I was 25. You know, I followed all the rules. And, and, and I thought, well, that means I won't have pain. Because I was super judgmental towards people who had pain. I was like, well, if you hadn't done that, you know, it was that A plus B equals C thinking, yes. which is religious. Yes. I was very religious. Right, and linear. It, very. And, and God thinks, uh, he says, it's two, so one plus one has to line up with this. Yeah. Instead of us, one plus one equals two, God says, this is how it is. This is covenant. Now you line up with that. Well, one plus one equals one. 
There you go. There, yeah. Nice. Doesn't make sense. Good play. Okay. And good shout out to all the sacred things, Lisa's book. If you haven't read it yet, make sure you have got that off the Amazon. Re- the reviews are like flooding oh it. They're my always gosh. good. Like there's probably some people that hate me and hate the book, but they just haven't really said anything. But generally, I'm only getting the nicest messages. Well, just now, the lady who set us up in the in seven one nine lending, um, Marquis, she's amazing. She just finished it and just was said it's the best book I'm I've buying read. Buying it for other people. I know. It's so cool because I want I wanted people's lives to be transformed by it. So that was worth it. Okay, so we have a generation that's looking at this and going, I don't want to do it yeah. because they don't want the pain. They, they have no the idea pain. where the pain could come from, so right. that's scary. It's unpredictable. Yeah. And they they look at other marriages and they go, Okay, that doesn't work. And that's valid. Absolutely. And I do think like we sometimes don't take our responsibility as elders seriously and by elders I just mean you've lived on the earth for a while and you've had some pain and you've had an opportunity to overcome that pain and some of that's going to be through your marriage and some of that's just through life and some of that is through having children but we could do better we could do better like it's it happens to us all the time people are just like I love what you guys teach or I love what you say or I love you know the way that you are with your children or but what really most people say to us I just love your marriage right. I love that you guys are in love I right. love that there's heat between you Well we hear a lot you're the only marriage the only that we no see pressure right So when we got in a huge fight <laughs> trying to produce to this very subject yes. months ago it was kind of that like we can't fail like there's people watching us and it's a bigger responsibility than just you and I. Well, and I honestly like that. I take that pressure and, and you that do reality. really well with pressure. Well, <laughs> I do. I, I think, again, what the generation's missing is responsibility. Yeah. We've taken the pain away. Mm-hmm. We've taken responsibility away. We, we feed them everything. We tell them they can do anything they want, right? And so tell them they can be whoever they want. It's taken the responsibility, the weight of of carrying that character, carrying that covenant uh, away. Yeah. And so it's easy to walk away, and it's easy to cheat. And when things get really, really hard, which they always will, they will. And the only thing that we know how to do is give you tools how how to get back out of the ditch when they do get bad, because they will. But it the point is staying in it, staying with it. Yeah, and I that's what makes me sad. Like, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is It's Complicated with Meryl Streep. And, oh, yeah. And Al- right. It's hilarious. But it's a really good picture of a couple that had circumstantial issues in their marriage, like working all the time or trying to build their career, having three kids, just normal life stuff. And they separated. And 10 years later, they, they end up sleeping together and questioning, like, should we have broken up? And it's a great picture of like what is like devastating circumstances that you can't rise above, which there are like, there are things like that could happen in a marriage where there is, there is no saving it. There's nothing to save. Right. But most of the things that we fight over have to do with our pride and our ego and our lack of humility and looking at ourselves. Absolutely. And pointing at our spouse most of the time. And so whenever people come to us and they're like, Hey, our marriage is broke. You, you know, if you meet with a young man, and he's got a story about his marriage. At the end, you're like, well, I haven't heard her side. Absolutely. You every know, time. Now. Every time. Yeah. And Anytime it, I have a young person come and tell me how horrible their parents are. Yeah. Like, this could be and one of my kids. And then we meet their parents and we're like, they're awful. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. So you do want to hear both sides. Yeah, and you do. I will say, uh, again, I walked through a horrible, miserable, adulterous divorce. An abuse. You were in a severely abusive abuse, right. relationship. And so there are times. And, I, and I, I was not perfect in it at all. I know. But what I loved about you is you... 
you didn't leave. She left. Yeah. Because I know you. You're very loyal. You would you would stay tortured in order to save your family. I was you, tortured. You yeah. were tortured. <laughs> and I refused to but get But you took divorced. your kids with you. Yeah. And that was the problem I had with a lot of the people we knew at the time is I understand if you've got to get away from a person that's mentally ill, but you can't leave your kids there. Right. You can't leave your kids in that mess. Yeah. But you, again, you don't fight through your kids with your spouse yeah. ever. And and that damaged our, my boys yeah. for sure um, and was a big part of some of the problems that they've had and still have. Absolutely. Um, so uh, let's talk about the difference between covenant and contract. So what I understand where you're going with this is, for me, contract is transaction. Right. So we're going to have a transaction. We're going to agree to certain terms. And then if, when you break that and you don't live up to that, I can break the, that contract and we're done. Which, you're probably going to sue me like we do everybody right. these days. But that contract's finished. Yeah. Covenant is what? <laughs> it's not of this world. <laughs> it is. It of is this a world. complete. I it is supernatural. Yeah. The place we have to start is the fact that God did design marriage and that he never creates anything with the idea that it will fail. Mm. So he's given us everything we need to have successful marriages. It's really up to us. And I think the number one killer of marriages is pride. Is people would rather die on a hill that says I'm right than humble themselves. I mean, I'm wrong all the time about lots and lots of things. It was really hard for me to admit that until the last couple of years. I really was like always looking at what someone else did wrong or how they wronged me. And I had those glasses on, which ends relationships. I have, I have lots of broken relationships because once I feel betrayed from someone, I cut and run. I mean, I cut and run hard and I will never think of them again. So what's the healthy side of that? Like, because you're going to hear, we're going to hear everybody on all our podcasts yeah. that we listen to all the time yeah. that play the victim role Yeah, and that you have to draw hard boundaries and you got I do believe in boundaries. I do too. I know, but we, we describe them differently. Okay. You use different words than I do, but I, I do believe that there are people in your life for a season. And I think that's something that we we hold on sometimes too tightly to things when it's time for the, like they're the baby's trying to die. You know, it's like it's King David's baby was trying to die yes. and he was covering himself and trying and like the baby was, it was done deal. Like yeah. the baby was going to die. Dead, yeah. And I think that it is okay to hold most of our relationships very loosely in that where you ask the Lord, like, what is this? Is this for a season? Is this a business relationship? Is this a friendship? If something is coming before the Lord or something's coming before your spouse, that's got to be. I was watching Crazy Anatomy the other night when I couldn't sleep and they were talking about being each other's person. And then they both got they were married. Talking about what? Well, they're the two women. They, they, oh. you know, they, they have, they're know, each other's person. You watched the first couple seasons with me. In Africa, I, like a hundred years ago. It was the ago. only thing we had. <laughs> yeah. But when they got married, then they had a hard time transferring that to their husbands. And finally, they, one said, wait a minute, you're not my person. He's my person. And I think that that is where the shift comes is I don't care what it, I don't care what you do, what you say, what happens. I might privately in our bedroom or when we're getting dressed in our closet say, dude, you came off way harsh. And I know that's not your heart. But I would never say that in front of another. And if someone came to me about your harshness, harshness, I would say you need to go to him and talk to him. That's good. But I would never jump on a bandwagon because maybe I was ticked at you about the podcast we tried to do. I'm like, yeah, he is. He can be. Really yeah. Harsh. You got to be really careful of that guys. And especially young people. I just want you to hear that. Like even, you know, young women with your mothers, uh, we, we were just coaching a couple and it was incredible because they had just, they're going through, they were going through a really hard thing 
very difficult thing. And she went to her mom, and her mom said, "I'm sorry, I I, I don't want you to tell me this." That was Be- such good mothering. Oh my gosh! I want to I want to find that woman and write her a thank you note Absolutely. for like leading well. Beautiful. Because she's like I. I can't be, I can't take this place, take it to the Lord and go back to your husband. Yes. And she did go immediately back to her husband and they, they found healing like in the craziest right. way. Because, but her first response was run and her hurt was very legitimate. Absolutely. Extremely and, legitimate. And, and the whole point, and, and the man is a pure, beautiful man who made a mistake yeah. and he instantly repented. Now he got caught, but he instantly repented after that, and he just humbled himself, and I saw his heart in a humble way, like a David's heart. Oh yeah, it's and beautiful. so that was easy to see that come back together. Yeah, right. And 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 we're gonna stay walking with them through all of this. And our our counsel to them, our coaching to them was, look, this is a really hard season in your marriage that you guys get to overcome, so that you can help others overcome. Yeah. So wait, I want to back up just a minute because okay. you said that God made marriage, and He never makes anything he that fails. Doesn't make anything to fail. And the purpose of marriage is for the kingdom institution of marriage and that it's more important than any other institution. It is. We will never have enough money in government to pay for the fallout of broken families. Government can't fix it. That is amazing stuff. Government can't fix what we broke. (laughs) (laughs) Government's not supposed to fix any of that. No, No, that is on the church. It's on the church and it's on all of us. And that's why if you are, if you've been married for a few minutes and you are older, like we are, Think of your responsibility to the next generation. You have a responsibility to have a good marriage. Absolutely. You have a, a responsibility to be a good father, to be a good mother, to be a good grand. Like it is, Titus 3 makes it real clear what older women are supposed to do. And it isn't to gossip and lead young women down a road of self-pity or I will listen to any woman in any circumstance and I will never tell a woman you're supposed to leave, or you're supposed to stay or whatever. Only that's between you and the Lord. And the fallout of that's going to be in their lap, not in mine. But I do encourage people to continually look at the heart of their spouse and above their actions, above their words, above their, their hardest moment, above their, you know, there's, there's the only insecurity I've ever really had in our marriage is when you're human. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You said to me before, like, <clears throat> you can't handle it when I get sick. And I can handle it for like the first two days because I'm very nurturing and it's very easy for me to serve you in that. But about day three, I start getting scared. Like, what if he doesn't get better? What if he dies? What if, what if I, oh my God, I have to carry what I carry and what he carries. And I'm not ready for that because I, there are things that you carry that are way too heavy for me that I honestly do not want to carry. And I thank you for doing it, but it freaks me out. If I feel like I'm going to have to pick that back up. Wow. I did the single mom thing for five years. And so then you turn on me a little bit. No, I just get scared. <laughs> well, sometimes it feels. So don't get sick uh, and don't I, die. I, I That's don't all I ask. I, I know you. I know. Over. That's why it freaks me out. <laughs> all right. Let's talk. Let's 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 talk about the culture. Because okay. I want to. You, you were talking to me on the way here about this a little bit. So marriage, relationships and sexuality is all about us in mm-hmm. our marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Not what culture says. Now, we. This is one of my issues with the 
current state of the church, especially the Western church, is that we follow culture. We yeah, don't determine we culture. We don't lead it. We're not leading culture from mm-hmm. our pulpits we because stoop, we're doing church wrong. But we but also we, stoop down to culture and when we're really supposed right. to, we're supposed to And then we that. get really soft because we want everybody to like us, and it's a corporate thing, and it's pathetic, and we all know that, but that's for a different if podcast. If everyone likes you, you're missing it. What's that? If everyone likes you, you're missing Well, it. geez, that's for sure. We, I don't <laughs> have to worry about that, that anyway. <laughs> so, the, so marriage and in covenant is a sacred, supernatural thing. It is. Uh, marriage in contra- contract or transaction yeah. is a worldly culture thing. Yeah, and, con- right? and contracts run out, don't they? Contracts run out. Yeah. It doesn't work. And when things get really, really ugly and really hard and you scream divorce, you know, all this BS of people, don't use divorce in whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm out, right? When we get like huge and big fights, right? Um, if I'm in a contract, I'm leaving. If you're in a contract, you are going in saying these are my rights. And if you violate any of these lines, I, 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 I get to peace out. That's right. And Covenant says, you're going to violate these lines, yeah. and I'm going to love you anyway. And this is actually not about me mm. or my rights. Interesting. Not popular. <laughs> That's not a you popular know, and thing. Then, and then, but we've taken it also. Cults take this, obviously, and religion takes us to the ugly place of, you know, a woman's being beaten, and her children are being beaten, and well... You, you have to submit to your husband. I mean, I've been in situations like that with women where people use those verses against them as an excuse for abuse. And there is, that is completely different. I Absolutely. mean, that man has already yes. broken 100%. that covenant. Uh, yes. And so for a woman to think that she could keep it going right. by, by receiving the punches is, is absurd. Right. And that's when you get other people involved and you get, you bring in the elders. Yeah. Let's talk first Peter three. And we've done this before on a podcast, but and, so, and we've talked about some of this on some of our other other marriage podcasts. Make sure you go to GaryandLisaBlack.com. You can go see those. We did a series. A series I think it was like 11 or 13 yeah. weeks on, on a really lot of this stuff. at better detail. But we felt like that we're, we're hearing so much right now in marriages. This is the world we are always pulled into. And I think it's what we're, you know, yeah. we got to stay in it. And so um, I, I want to talk about that because it's it's like the, the blood covenant. So the covenants that God made with man. Yeah. You know, Adam was blood. Abraham was blood. Like, Adam was cut, right, in half. Possibly ripped in two, yeah. Yeah, ripped in two. It wasn't that he took his rib out because we have the same amount of ribs. We've talked about this. I know, it's Ridiculous so hard teaching. For you. Uh, we, we, he was literally taken in half, put to sleep, taken in half, and Eve was inserted inside of him to become his partner. It was violent. It was a violent act. <laughs> it was a violent, bloody act. <laughs> and marriage can be a violent, bloody act. Isn't it how we make everything so pretty? Like, I, I grew up with my little children's Bible, and Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes. Yes. And he was super clean, and it was just very peaceful and good. And when they showed him on the cross, they showed, like, one little dot of blood or yeah. whatever. Like, we, we don't like to associate scripture with violence but it's full of violence full of violence full of violence absolutely and and in a lot of the old testament you know we blame god for killing people god didn't kill people they they took their own lives That's because true. they wouldn't obey and god's a covenantal god so god would say okay you're killing your baby stop you're killing your baby. Stop. You're sacrificing your firstborn on an altar that's burning Stop. them alive. Stop. 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 After hundreds of thousands of babies cries, he finally said, enough. enough. I'm a covenantal God. Yeah. 
and wiped them out. Yeah. I would do the same. I probably wouldn't be as patient as I God is. I wouldn't be that patient. Right. First, first baby, it's killed. In your marriage, in a covenant, that is the same thing. It's yeah. like if there's adultery and abuse and horrible things going on, Peter says to the women, you're saved, your men are not. I know they're abusing mm-hmm. you, but you could be a picture of Christ to them. Mm-hmm. So hang in there a little bit, submit to them in that, and let's see if God's going to heal them. It, when they took it too far, it was enough. Yeah. And so if you're in a stuck in a, an abusive marriage, and it's it's truly abusive, and there's adultery, and there's things happening, you can get to a space where you say, enough. I can't do this anymore. And the Father blesses that and will honor that in your life. And it's not good for me to be alone. And I think anytime we try to handle really big things on our own, we're forgetting that the whole idea is that we have a community or people that can help us or people that have gone before us. And you shouldn't try and handle those situations alone. And you shouldn't hide it. You should. You have to at that point let oh, people yeah. know Go this tell. is what's happening. Go to who's who you submit to in your life, to your leaders. If that's a pastor, you got to go tell them. And if you guys are on staff at a church and they try to protect the man, leave the church. This is not that difficult. Do you remember that time we were, we had that youth group. It was like 20 some years ago. And the girl, woman came to us and she's like, he hits me. He's hitting my back. And she showed us the bruises and everything. And you didn't say a word. And I didn't know what you were thinking. We ran into him in the hall and he got up in his face and he was like, I just need support. I just need someone to talk to and someone to understand me. And you said, let me tell you how I'm going to understand you. You ever touch her again? I'm coming after you and you can fight me. Do you feel understood now? <laughs> I thought. Hootspup. Man, we need men with we some hair on their balls. balls. Come on. Chaco. All, All right. right. So your spouse can never meet your deepest needs. No sacrifice in permanent relation. I'm going to surrender rights and assume responsibility. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Well, once again, contract says these are my rights. I'm the reason you write a contract is to protect yourself. Right. So if you're doing a prenup, you, first of all, you're going into the assumption it's going to end Yeah. and you have to protect your things. So right off the bat, you're putting your things and your money above that relationship. Absolutely. And, that, that and Kevin person. Costner's finding out prenups don't work. <laughs> Ouch. You have to, apparently a, your spouse has to understand them. Yeah. Yeah. And no question on that. And marriage, uh, as a contract says, I'm superficial. Temporary relationship. Yeah. Right? And where I'm going to protect my rights and limit my responsibilities. That's what contract yeah. says. And you even hear people now say, well, it's, it was my starter marriage. <laughs> like when the first house you buy is like your starter house, right? It's little, it doesn't have the bells and whistles. It's just your starter house. But you're going to, you know, at least you started <laughs> to go into a marriage thinking this is a starter one. The second one's going to be gold, which if you learn the lessons of your first marriage, your second marriage can be gold. Absolutely. That's mine. Yeah. And I will say this to those of you that have been married multiple times. <laughs> you should have learned from the first one and only been married twice. But uh, yes, absolutely. If you have been divorced, uh, we completely and totally get that, right? Lisa was widowed. I was divorced. Um but if you don't learn from it and you bring those same mistakes into the next marriage, yeah. you're going to be divorced again. And the common denominator in all your marriages is you. Absolutely. <laughs> God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
Marriage covenant mirrors exactly that. Mm -hmm. Men, you are to serve your wife as Christ is to the church, to the bride. how is Christ to the church? To death. To death. Come underneath of them and serve them even in their bitchiness, <laughs> even in their Wait, craziness. Does that say that? Even in their bitchiness? It, it does. That's a, that's a Greek, Hebrew <laughs> translation, black <laughs> translation on it. Even when they're going through menopause? <laughs> I love that you said this. Never. <laughs> oof. So glad that's over for us. Never physically leave. Never turned his heart from us. He said, I'm all in and I'll never change. I won't change through the tough times because I'm all in. I know it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. I'm not walking away on the bad days because I will not change my mind. Mm -hmm. And that is the same mindset that we must take on. That's the supernatural covenantal mindset that we take on in our marriage especially when it's hard. And I would say if you were to pull thousands, millions of women, they would say that's the cry of my heart right there. A man that will never leave. Mm. Because a woman in conflict, like when we had this big fight over this podcast and you left on your motorcycle and I started cleaning. That's how <laughs> that's what that's we how do. we cope. And <laughs> I think I need the better deal on that one. Yeah. But yeah. we came home, the house smelled good and it was good. And I decorated some things and moved and some I things. Smelled like gas. And broke some things and you smelled <laughs> yeah. But it was great. We came back together. But I don't know if you fully understand as much as now at fifty three and we've been married for twenty three years. When you leave, I know it's a good thing. I know you need space. I know you need a minute to breathe and we need to calm down a little bit because you're not going to get anywhere when you're just yelling or throwing accusation around or really upset or your blood pressure is high. But when we were young and I had been, I felt abandoned by my first husband. Yeah. I really felt like he was just like, good luck with the kids and my family and the chaos. I'm going to go golf with Jesus. So I really did feel like he just kind of bailed and he left me a big mess to clean up. And that little girl is still in me sometimes. And when you would leave when we were young and married and had lots of little children, I didn't see it as you stepping out to cope and come back and be a better husband. I thought it was over. Hmm. And I've had that conversation with so many women. And you know that I'm freakishly secure and I can be incredibly independent and I can do my own thing. And I've never been dependent necessarily on a man, but I am dependent on you. (laughs) And it's because our connection has gone so deep and we have gone through so much together and we have pulled apart and come back closer and pulled apart and come back closer over and over and over again that I think most women would say, first of all, this is the cry of my heart is what God is saying. I'll never leave you. We want that from our men. But there is moments where you just think this is it. It's over. And I don't think most men think that way. I think they might be you know, angry or have some emotions or whatever, but I don't think necessarily when they get on their motorcycle to leave, they're planning on never coming back. Well, I'll say for most men, and I, I can't speak for millennial men based Because <laughs> you don't understand they how they're always tell me work. how wrong I am. <laughs> As most men in my age, it, it, we are not. We like We fought and we're like, this was like a five and to a woman it's a 10 yeah, and should be because it's your security and it's your, it's, it's become a, such a huge part of you that the thought of losing that is so devastating. Yeah. And I think, again, we've talked about this a lot. It's a, this is the way our brains work. I can yeah. compartmentalize, get on the bike, start praying in the spirit and calm. 
um, you're still connecting it's all everything. Connected. Yeah. And so we, we, and you have to learn that about each other. You have to learn how does my, my wife's mind work? And, 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 and the, I love the craziness, right? I love the, the, I, and some, even sometimes the anger is just, I just go, Oh God, there's so much passion. Right. That's and I've had to thing. learn that. That's the thing is like when people tell me like we never fight, I just think who's swallowing everything right. and who is not being honest. And also how great is your sex life? Because yeah. if there's no passion during the day, I don't know that there's going to be any passion in the afternoon or the evening or the morning or the, like it, there ha- like there's passion here, there's you know, so much. And passion. sometimes it's been very destructive passion <laughs> and, but it's turned into the most amazing passion. And I just think I would rather be in a marriage where there's some fight and there's some tension and we're both growing and we both have to humble ourselves than just like gray, yeah. mute, Never normal get there. all the time. I, I will say this to that, that our sex life is so much better now than it's ever been because of that. Yeah. We have fought. We have yelled and screamed. We have come back together and we have overcome time and time again. And now, I, I mean, honestly, we've never experienced sex like this. I don't think anyone is, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone I, I talk to, I hope they are too. All right, let's let's finish. So, contract okay. is living together. Just it's all in your mind. It's not your heart. It's the cheapest fragility form of relationship. It is. It's like it's like the simplest low living form of relationship is. When you go into it with, I'm going to take, but I'm not going to promise you anything. And I've told all my, my girls this, all the women. And I don't, you know, you live with your husband or your boyfriend or you live with, that's, that's your choice. You can do that. As a woman, I want to know that there's enough of a covenant there that he's going to give me his last name. Mm. Cause that's a big deal to give someone your name. Absolutely. It's a big deal to take. I it change your name. It should be. Yes. It, it also, <clears throat> the, it's just more than a piece of paper because it's saying I am committed. I'm in a covenant with you. No matter what happens, if one of our kids get diagnosed with cancer or one of our children die, or like, I don't know what the future holds, but I know I'm going to be by that's your so side good. through it. It's so good. The covenant of a marriage laws of marriage create order. They create safety. Leaving and cleaving in marriage comes before parents, before children's friends, before your career, oh, everything. before everything. Everything. So what, what if you made your decisions based on that? <laughs> if, you're, if you had a career decision to make and you didn't go to your spouse and, and see their perspective on it. And the thing is, I think when you are learning to trust each other, you automatically think, I have, I have to protect myself. Because we spend our whole lives, right? I have to protect myself. No one else is going to do it. No matter how you were raised or where you lived. And I think this idea of being so vulnerable with another person, literally naked in front of them, and this mirror in your face all the time, there's things I would have never realized about myself if I hadn't married you. Because I don't think anybody else had the balls to say, like, kind of rebellious or kind of a kind snob. of kind of yeah uh-huh. i prefer to call it uh holy stubbornness but we can go with that <laughs> but um just like sometimes it's I holy stubbornness my covenant sometimes it's freaking rebellion <laughs> in your soul and sometimes your flesh go ahead but people the point of the it's complicated movie is pot what the the scene that really hit me was when they're sleeping together and they're ha- they're like 
goofing around Poking and stuff. Smart. Yeah, and she's <laughs> he's like, all of our problems we had ten years ago that we got divorced over don't exist anymore. My career's where I want to be. Your career's where you want to do. The kids so are grown. Yeah. But, and he's like, I wonder how many couples out there, if they had, if they plowed through that ten years, so be experiencing good. just mind blowing sex right now with the person that they've experienced everything with. That's so good. And instead of this idea that people, I like the idea of someone new, sounds horrible. Can well, you imagine? And in that movie, he's married <laughs> to a young bitchy. Spoiled little she's brat. Beautiful. She, but she, yeah, she's gorgeous. But his life is miserable. He's miserable, and he, she doesn't take care of him. Right. And that he comes back to his wife because she's a great cook, and he's like, <laughs> she lets me eat anything, and it's not good. She doesn't take care of me. <laughs> we were watching that that comedian the other night, and um, and he said, I'm just going to play this out really simple for you ladies. Men are not stupid, but they're very simple. And he's like, five years ago, my wife made me a sandwich and brought me a beer for no reason. And then left. And he's like, I just started crying. <laughs> it was the best day of my it's life. True. It's and, so true. And so I looked over you. I was like, seriously? Because I've been making some killer sandwiches you have. lately. You've like I've taken it to a whole it. Thank new. Thank God you're I know, back. Because I did. I let my guard. <laughs> when the kids all moved out, I was like, thank God. I don't have to think about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't have to think about all these things. And I kind of just retired my brain. Yeah. But one day you were like, I saw you Can in the I kitchen. <laughs> I saw you in the kitchen. You looked so sad. And you just kept opening the no, I can survive. I'm a survivor. No, but and you're a you, great cook. You just do it way better than but I do. But I forgot how important that was to you to yes. for me to feed you. So <laughs> I've been like yesterday at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, I crushed it. Okay, you did crush it. I had steak and potatoes. My God, a blue wet, blue cheese wedge salad. Men, shako. I'm a goddess. <laughs> I know. All it's right, give us some practical things to end on. A practical things. Yeah, five practical okay, so things. let's go back to where we started and just okay. wrap this up is... That this is a difficult conversation to have, especially with millennials and some Zs, is because their argument is, I don't want more pain. You don't know what my childhood was like. I, I can't. I'm just going to live for myself, and then I don't have to experience any of this. You're missing out. Yes. You are missing out on, first of all, growing as an individual. Nothing will grow you up like a marriage will because nothing is in your face. Like Your boss is never going to be that in your face and you're not going to have intimacy any other place like that so it's the most important relationship you ever have and people not pushing through the hard times and giving up and I'm talking about you know financial stuff or a career or maybe he wanted to move to a different country and she didn't and you know you got to ebb and flow right like, or a baby that is special needs yeah I mean things you just don't know one that dies those things come to your marriage yeah and you still Press you, in. But if you go back to the original, like if you go back to your, like people should, there's a lot of times they're at weddings and I think, are they even understanding the vows that they're making? Because mm. vows well, are. no, there's no way you could. There's a, but I want people to, <laughs> I want people to like take it seriously in the way that it is a sacred thing versus the fear of the unknown and what could go wrong. There's so many people that are afraid of what could go wrong. They're missing the day. And I think one of the things you've taught me the most is like, we're here now. And this is today. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But let's let's like breathe deeply in this yes. moment. And let's be fully connected in this moment. And let's let's be together and let's be on the same page. And then if Tuesday and Wednesday come and they're totally crazy – it's okay. Thursday's coming, right. you know, and we just, 
I don't think we freak out like we used to about no. what's going to happen because we go back to, wait a minute, we, this, this marriage is beyond us. It has its own life. It has its own entity. It's like the blacks marriage is separate almost from you and I, but it's fully you and I, but it's an institution that's kind of a holy sacred thing. And we're both protective of that. We're both aware if another man or a woman is getting too close or too intimate or too flirty or too like, we're going to cut this off right here. Right. We're not going to go down. Yeah. We're just not going to play with it at all. No, we're not play with things. Okay. So, and again, let me say this real quick. Um, We do have a lot of millennials marriages that are thriving and we love Mm -hmm. and we're in them with them. We're coaching them. We're watching them from afar. It's so fun. So proud of all. It's so fun when they really just call to tell us like, this major thing happened. It almost tore us apart, but here's what we did yes. and here's where we are. And we just get to celebrate with Absolutely. them. And our Noah, who's almost 21, is going to marry his Haley, who's 19, very soon. We love that. We love young marriages. We, we, we Again, we know that if you come in there contractually with a, with a transaction, it's going to be so much harder mm-hmm. and it's easier to walk away from. If you come in understanding covenant and purpose then you know you don't get to walk away and you make it work. And then it just starts to work and then God comes on it and then it becomes amazing and then you go back a step or two, but you have tools to get back to where it is. Exactly. So what is the purpose of marriage, Lisa Black? (laughs) The purpose of marriage is the mirroring of Christ and his church. It's the mirroring of God and us. It is an everlasting covenant that goes far beyond human emotion, even human need. It goes to a place that says this is a, this is a never-ending, eternal situation. The thing I don't really understand is uh, apparently the afterlife. There's no marriage and there's no sex, so I guess you and I are going to have to just get on our Harley and well, be we'll know each other, so we'll see we'll what just, happens. We'll just fist pump. That, that's when that holy rebellion. <laughs> I'll be like, I know they we said there's no sex in, ma- out of heaven. <laughs> in heaven, but I guarantee you and I can find a waterfall to hide behind. <laughs> okay, bad theology. Anyway, um, all right, guys, listen, uh, GaryandLisaBlack.com. You can join our Patreon there. You can give to our foundation that we have set up in Michael's name. Um, we need your support. We want to keep doing these. We want to do a marriage conference or intensive uh, a weekend time with people every quarter if we can. Yeah, um, we're just we're we're just trying to raise about a hundred k this year so that we can do that. We're planning. We're hoping to go back to Mexico uh, in October. Um, it's 2023 right now in mid August, and uh, you know we want to go, and we know we can't. We have to pay for that if we're going to go do that, right? And there's a lot around that. We just did a podcast on that. It um, came out today actually, so make sure you listen to our time there and how it marked us and what God's doing down there and on the planet. Um, So we need your support and we would love if you consider that, pray into that and then give us billions of dollars so that we can go do these things so that we can go do these things. I don't need billions of dollars. Thanks baby. This was fun. I could use a hundred dollar bill. Okay. (laughs) All right, baby. Love you. (laughs) Hey guys, Gary and Lisa black. Uh, We are planning on some marriage weekends. I'm so excited. Yeah. And so we want to do one every quarter starting late this fall. Yeah. Um, late October, early November in Colorado. Yep. So we're looking for a venue. We have lots of people interested. So we're just looking for the proper venue to make it affordable for everyone. Yes, we want it affordable. We want it inexpensive. It will not be cheap. Um, it will be intense. 
Um, we plan on bringing some other people in. We yep. want to do sessions with you. We want to do individual sessions. We want the men breaking with the men and the women breaking with mm-hmm. the women. We have uh, so we're planning that for this fall, 2023. Um, so if you have contacts to venues, if you want to be a part, make sure you hit us up. Email us. Go to GaryAndLisaBlack.com. You can email us right from our website. And then in April. April, New Hampshire. New Hampshire with AJ, AJ and Jennifer. And Jennifer Hebert, two of the oh. coolest people we've ever met. World race coaches. People, people we love would them. definitely hang out with all the time if we lived closer. Yes. But our hearts were connected, and they've got married couples all around them that are just saying, hey, we're either we're at a really difficult time or we just want to thrive or whatever it is, but they've, they are, those two are always out there with the people and they are, they have a pulse. Of oh man, they're working hard. They are working really hard. And, and they've did, dealt some, with some stuff in their Huge marriage and, and have broken through. Yep. And so we're going to do a marriage retreat with them and some others. April what? April 12th? 12th through the 15th. In New Hampshire, it's going to be killer, and we're going to do some outings that'll be awesome, too. Oh, really? So make sure you join us. Be praying for us. Let us know if you have any ideas. If you want us to come to your region and do a marriage conference with your people, hit us up on that as well. Gary at theblacktribe.com, Lisa at theblacktribe.com, and you can talk contact us right from the website, GaryandLisaBlack.com. God bless you guys. Thank you.